Hey guys, welcome back to Click. We're recording today from Black Box Studios. It's November 4th and today we are going to be talking about black activism. But before we get started, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Olivia and this is my second time here in Black Box Studios. And I'm your second host for tonight's show. I'm Erin. And I'm John and I'll be guesting today. So before we get started, we just wanted to let our listeners know that the three of us are white students, so that's the perspective that we are going to be coming from today. Um, our conversations are in part going to be influenced by the episodes that we've watched, the conversations that we've had in class, and some reading that we've done. And throughout the show, we're going to have a few of our black classmates coming through to give that perspective on this topic. So we're going to get started, and we're going to jump right in to Pass Me the Remote. Hey, Pass Me the Remote. All right, so before we get started, I just want to remind you guys that we are students first. So if you hear us typing or you hear the flipping of pages, it's just us trying to get the most accurate information for you all. Um, but with that in mind, let's talk about what episodes we are going to be talking about today. So yeah, we've got uh, one Fresh Prince episode, uh, about two or three different world episodes, uh, Blackish, Moesha, Carmichael Show. So we've got a handful of episodes today. We've got a handful of episodes today. I also think that it's cool with these episodes in particular because we have episodes that aired in the 90s and then we have episodes that aired in the 2000s and episodes that aired like more recently like yeah. in 2016 and Blackish and um, so I think that it gives us a really holistic picture of black activism and the way that it has the way that it has been portrayed on screen and how that has altered over time. Yeah, we definitely get to see that evolution in these episodes because in good times, it's completely different from what it is in Blackish, and right. I think that's a really cool contrast for us to have seen. But once we get to talking about each episode, we're going to give you listeners some receipts so that y'all can watch them and see what we're talking about and get the same view and see that contrast like we see it. Right. Um, we also wanted to just give y'all an idea of some other things that we're going to be touching on today. Um, before we really dive in into the meat of our of our show today. Um, so as we said, obviously we're talking about black activism, but I think that it's important to note that we're also talking about the way that this has changed throughout time and the way that in the Fresh Prince episode in particular, um, the one those the episode entitled "Those Were the Days," I think that that for us, or at least for me, I don't know if y'all yeah. feel the same way, but I feel like this is a good place for us to start because it gives an idea of what Black activism was, mm -hmm. what it is in the '90s, and then what it I guess could be. Yeah, definitely. Um, because we get that through. Coming, the coming back of Marge and her conversations with Will. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's a really interesting episode that we're definitely going to talk a lot about um, because it segues, I think, really well into the Blackish episode, mm, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really cool episode just to see, like, reactions from the election that happened and how it was received what was going on, but then at the end it was coming together and wanting mm -hmm. to try to understand, and I think that was a really good, really good episode to watch, especially for people our age. Right. Because, I mean, it's something that's happening now. Yeah, so I agree. Good. I think that it's also, within the Blackish episode, uh, interesting because we're also, again, given a look into the ways in which the different generations yeah. reacted. Mm -hmm. Um, you have that with Bo and Dre, and then you have it with the grandfather and then all of the kids. Um, you can see the ways that it affects them differently, um, and then the way that they decide to go about, I guess, coping with it yeah. eight weeks after the election. And I think one of the reasons it's kind of like that 
and majority of the episodes that we watch is because there wasn't an outlet before now. Right. Before, like, the Black American sitcom was popular. So it's right. important for these episodes to revert back to how it was just to give that mm-hmm. historical background needed um, to continue mo- moving forward. Right. Which is a good point because in a lot of these episodes, if not all of them, I don't want to say all of them so I don't want to give that overarching. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to assume that, but in a lot of them, there are names that are, like, black activist names that are dropped. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesse Jackson. Yeah, like Jesse Jackson. It signals, um, I guess, the accuracy Mm -hmm. in which these um, black American sitcoms are um, functioning within. So I think that that was also a really cool moment. And it also made me, as a white viewer of these black American sitcoms, it made me think... Or it made me do, I guess, research, yeah, especially in, sure. in getting ready for this episode in particular. Mm-hmm. As I watched the episodes and I heard names that I didn't exactly know, I didn't, I didn't know the significance of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me do more research and figure out why why this is important, and then yeah. thus change the way that I viewed the show, which I think is really it, like signals really well what. Mm-hmm. I think this class does for a lot of its white students. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it makes us look harder at what's what's going right. on yeah. and what's happened. And I think that's a really good good viewpoint for us to get. Mm-hmm. I just want to quick before we get into the to the meat of our show, I want to point to a couple of the a different world episodes mm-hmm. because there are three of three episodes yeah. from a different world that. Um, we watched for class and we'll be talking about one that I thought was most, I don't want to say most important, but I thought uh, signified like a good representation of kind of the black activism that we've been, that we've been talking about is the episode called Citizen Wayne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, I think that it, one, it ties in what we were talking about a couple, a couple seconds ago with it pulls in the black activists into the show itself. Um, and then it also shows the importance of black activism through the lens of a black American sitcom mm-hmm. through Dwayne and um, and the other characters as well. And I also like that it brings in the youth. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's an important theme throughout majority of these episodes is that there's a theme to bring in black youth to the conversation of of movement and activism and there's also good um good many discussions about voting and using that right and exercising that right which i think is really important especially now right um i think that this episode is coming along at a really really important time november 6th is voting day so so by the time that by the time this airs ever you hopefully will have voted exercise mm-hmm. your right yeah. to vote um and so i think that you're right aaron and it does come out of this episode comes at an important time um do you guys have anything else you want to add before we we get started no oh, i think i think we're ready yeah, let's get into some real talk all right we'll see you guys in real talk okay so real talk now guys welcome to real talk wherein we're going to talk about we're going to dive a little deeper into we're going to talk about the representations of black activism in these um in these sitcoms and we're going to dive a little deeper into the episodes that we mentioned during pass me the remote and hopefully get a more holistic view of um how the representations have changed um so, where do you guys want to start? Uh, I'd say let's go Carmichael show. All right. The protest episode, just because I think that's a perfect uh, juxtaposing nice. uh, the old versus new right. protesting. So. so, do we want to quick give a little synopsis of of the episode, just in case our listeners haven't um, haven't seen the episode or haven't seen it in a while, so they have a basis idea of what we're what we're talking about. Yeah, so essentially it starts off as Sherrod's birthday, mm-hmm. and um, at the same time that's happening, there's been a shooting, and there's now a protest occurring in the city, and um, 
Maxine is all gung-ho for it, really about wanting to get get out there and protest as well, but Gerard kind of want to sit back and celebrate his birthday a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then they head over to his parents' house where his parents then get involved in the protest, and Cynthia, she's... She's all about it. She wants to go down there, and this is where you see, like, the juxtaposition of Maxine's um, representation of what protest is and what Cynthia's was, um, and I think it's a, just a really cool way to see the differences happening right in front of you because Cynthia's very, like, you need good shoes, like, this is, you can't run. One of her funniest lines was that, Gerard needed to tell Maxine that she can't wear wedges, wedges. to the protest because <laughs> she can't run in wedges, she, which is true. He needs to, like, fat her up because yeah. <laughs> the police could carry her pretty yeah. easily. So if you can run in wedges, all power to you. Hats off to you. <laughs> yeah, all power to you. Um, yeah, so now that we have a basic idea of kind of what the episode is about, let's dive into the way that they discuss these the protests and why... I guess why Cynthia and Maxine don't exactly see eye to eye in the way that they think that they should protest. Or I guess my question should be why does Cynthia think that Maxine's the younger generation's mm -hmm. representation mm -hmm. of protesting is wrong, I guess. I don't yeah. I don't I don't know if wrong is the right word. But I, I think that she just, just questions just it. I think she questions its um legitimate like okay, I'm messing up my words too today. Okay, oh, no, no, we're no big deal. Falling apart. Don't worry. I we think can that talk. she's she's questioning um, their. It's just like not her speed. Like she's just like yeah. they're they're they seem. I think she thinks they're like more gung ho about it, and there's more like it was like <laughs> it, they were just like talking about. Um, and Cynthia's like more her idea of protesting with like people being you know arm in arm singing. Right, yeah, right. And I think it also has a lot to do with like now there's more access to certain things than when Cynthia was a protester. Right. Um, just the evolution of technology and whatnot here. They had food trucks, like a festival is what Cynthia said, and mm -hmm. a DJ. Like you talked about the music, like you don't play the music at the protest, you sing it. And I just think it's an evolution of technology that yeah. goes along with it. Um, that's changed protest as well. Right. That Cynthia's not used to. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of gets her a little bit. Right. I think that also she almost, she questions the validity of yeah. the protests and how much change it can enact when there are, when there are things like food trucks, mm -hmm. when, yeah. when there's a mm -hmm. DJ playing. But I think that in, when she does this, she kind of forgets the fact that some of the issues, like the issues have, have changed mm -hmm. and mm -hmm the way that we consume information, especially hard hard information, like something that you would be protesting about, has changed. And so she's not taking that into account. Yeah. Because I think she has a hard time understanding it because of that generational gap that yeah. there is. Um, but, like, I also see, like, some similarities in there. Right. Like, yeah. there's a performance act aspect that they talk about. Like, Cynthia goes and puts, and puts on her, like, right. protest her outfit, outfit is, like, all decked out, like, ready to go. Right. And then, like, Cynthia, I mean, Maxine has her own form of protest outfit mm -hmm. coming in her Black Lives Matters t-shirt. And, I mean, performance performances as, as an aspect go through many of the shows. Um, when you bring in Jesse Jackson in A Different World, right? Um, he has his own performance at performance. Yeah. Which is his rhyming in the way that he gives speeches. Yeah, so his I form think of protest is more like poetry. Yeah. That was one of my yeah. favorite conversations that we had in mm -hmm, class. Yeah, it was, was really good. When one of our classmates was like, I didn't know that this, like, I guess I just kind of thought that Jesse Jackson was putting on this, like, putting on almost a show, but he talks in rhyme, like, all yeah. the time. Yeah. Like, I didn't know. And, um, which I thought was really nice. Uh, funny conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so talking about that aspect, I think, can also be shown in the Fresh Prince yeah, episode that we watched. Sure. So the episode is called Those Were the Days. Mm -hmm. So the basis of the episode is that um, Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil, their friend Marge, comes into town, and she, they're friends from their activism days mm -hmm. when they were younger, and she 
basically inspires Will to um, take a stand against the firing of his favorite photography professor yeah. or teacher, I mm-hmm. guess. And so in the episode, you have this acknowledgement of, I guess, the different ways of protest, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but also the different ways in which, I guess, the ways in which it's changed. Yeah. Because Marge and Aunt Viv and Uncle Phil are talking about times in the past mm-hmm. that they like had this they were activists yeah and it's interesting to see the way that Marge talks to Will who gets you know all worked up mm-hmm. about his his professor and is so influenced by Marge and wants to do everything that she does yeah. and wants to be as badass as she is um but I also think that a really telling moment in the uh, in the episode is when Aunt Viv kind of calls out Marge. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. talking about? She calls out Marge and she was like, "You're not. Yes, what you're saying is true, but you're also not taking into account the pamphlets and the yeah the, everything that happened yeah, before the petitions and all yeah. the years that we tried to go through the system. Um, sort of a romanticizing protest in a way right. is what she says, and I think that's. That's true because sometimes we forget about all the little things that happened before mm-hmm. the big things. Right. And there's a ton of stuff that happens before mm-hmm. um, that's just as important. Um, other ways to handle a protest and before you get to that big right. moment in history. Right. Um, I think that plays really into really well into the uh, performance. Yeah, the yeah. performance mm-hmm. aspect that we were just talking about um, in the Carmichael show because it it's almost like putting on a it is like put. It's like putting on a show, yeah, and then you forget all the little things that go into the show, um, and you're just kind of there for the spectacle. Mm-hmm. But then you forget that there is like it's the voice of a people. Yeah, they're talking. I also want to point to another important portion of the episode, which is the conversation that Marge mm-hmm. has has with Will. Yeah. Um, that I think will give us a segue into talking about Blackish as well. Yeah. So in this portion of the episode, Will says that he wants to, I believe he says, I want to go, like basically I want to go protest with Mm -hmm. you, Marge. I want to like hit the road with you. Um, And she basically says, no, Will, you can't come with me. You have to find your own way. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, when you were my age, you were already, you had already burned your first bra or whatever. And, (laughs) Um, and then she goes on to tell him that when she was his age, there weren't many doors open, open to him or open to her. And because of her activism and because of the activism of, um, Phil and Viv. Viv There's so many different ways Will can be an activist now. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. She, the line that I, I appreciate a lot is when she says, now you can fight our battles in the boardroom, the Mm -hmm. classroom, the voting Mm -hmm. booth and the courtroom, like your uncle. Definitely, like, oh, hit me pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was, like, there are a lot of different ways in that the sacrifices of those people that came before mm-hmm. have not only affected that time period, but can continuously affected time periods after that right. and have opened up many opportunities. It's hard to take when you've looked at, when you've looked at, like, voter turnout since mm-hmm. this episode has aired. Like, yeah. young people have not turned out yeah, for the, no. like even since this quote on TV. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one reason it is echoed so loudly in a lot of these episodes to vote. Yeah. Um the importance of it is is huge. Also in this quote, I think that it shows the progression of um activism because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I would say I would say that an activist job is never done. And so I think this shows that really well because even though Marge has, was, I guess the way that Will sees activism, she represents that so well mm-hmm. for him. But she's, she makes the point that I did this so you can continue mm-hmm. my activism and try and work through the system. Yeah. Try and do, you know, work in the boardroom, in the classroom, or the courtroom. I made these sacrifices so that you wouldn't have to, mm-hmm, which is yeah. something that Will, as a young person, doesn't exactly seem to understand. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. once she, once he hears her 
say that, I yeah. think that he has a greater understanding. That realization is there, and um, I think that that was a really cool moment, too, for her to say, but it's up to you to figure out what's necessary after she said, by any means necessary. To him earlier in the episode, she goes back to that, and she's like, but what you're necessary is different than what my necessary was mm-hmm. when I was an act when I was an activist or how I am an activist now. Right. Um, and I thought that was a really cool circular thing to do for the creators to right. go back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, just a really nice. Yeah, I think that, that the writers of this episode. I do think that they did a good job in bringing in the activists from the past and seeing that even Will as a as a young person, his reaction mm-hmm. um, to hearing Marge talk about these important activists, um, you can see the effect that it has on him as a young person because he, yeah. it it shows how important it mm-hmm. is in putting it in the sitcom. I want to say like makes it, I don't want to say more. Uh, makes it authentic or yeah. something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I would say probably like in putting these names in, the episodes and showing will have a reaction it makes it like real. It, yeah, yeah it makes it sh- it mirrors a real response to um important activists and very mm-hmm. real people who made an impact right so his reaction is kind of similar to what an audience member's reaction might be right mm-hmm. right absolutely and i think that it also makes it accessible um yeah. the inf- i guess the information more accessible for white viewers as ourselves mm-hmm. so i think that it also it shows it emphasizes the importance to all audience members, yeah. and it's almost like a a nod to specifically uh, black viewers. Yeah, and it and I think that's really cool when they like name drop activist in their episodes because it makes you want to look it up whether you're mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're black or white or another ethnicity. Like you want to know who these people are that you're talking that they're talking about because these are the people that you're watching and. Um, that you could be idolizing and if they're talking about it you might want to know about it so I think it it leaves the door open for the audience members to be curious about what these activists did and Mm -hmm. who they are it continues a discussion even though this aired in the 90s this the Fresh Prince episode aired in the 90s but we're watching in 2019 and I'm gaining information that I didn't have before as a white viewer. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm getting this information. I have a whole new perspective of a show that I grew up watching, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't attuned to the significance of Mm -hmm. all these little Easter eggs that they put throughout the Mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Um, The more you know, too, the more you're willing to participate in this, like, new wave of activism just because, like, if you see something on... uh, TV that's like some event from like mm-hmm. a long time ago. You look it up and you realize like, hey, isn't that happening today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you want to do something about it. Right. Mm-hmm. You see the mirrored aspect yeah. of how these shows seem to have a longevity. Yeah, they have a calling, mm-hmm. really. They they want to get across that this is these are important people, but mm-hmm. that you can also be an important person. Right. In this aspect. Um. Okay. Segwaying into from. The Fresh Prince episode into mm-hmm. the Blackish episode. Mm-hmm. Are you guys okay to move on to that? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So the episode is Lemons. If you haven't watched it, we recommend that you do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, I so I'm not a person that regularly watches Blackish, mm-hmm. um, but I had seen this episode before we had watched watch it, it to class for or we had watched it for class because it got so much attention in the dialogue that. Mm-hmm it was functioning within. Yeah. yeah, wasn't scared to answer any questions, step on anyone's toes, and I think that was mm-hmm. really, really bold to do, and at the same time, like, gave me chills. Right. Because I was like, wow, like, you're saying what so many people want to say right now. And I think that that's something that Blackish does particularly well, mm-hmm. especially in this 2018 dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, but just a quick... Do you want to give like a quick synopsis of the episode in case anybody hasn't seen it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go for it. Alright, so like essentially this episode takes place after the election, 2016 election happened, and just how it affected people, um, how it affected 
Dre's family and how they moved forward with it, how it really affected the world. Mm -hmm. And there's some conversations that happen within it that are just things that need need to be said. And there's a lot about coming together in the end, Mm -hmm. which I think is really important. Um, It's the attempt to try to understand why people did the things they did or voted the way Mm -hmm. they did Mm -hmm. um, in that election. And I thought that was a really nice way to, like, to like end it all because the stuff they talked about was really hard and right. um, yeah. talked it about the division to, of our country. And it seems to be most of it is like, most of it takes place at Dre's workplace. Yeah. And he, like him and his uh, fellow employees are like going back and forth. Most of the episodes just them arguing and mm-hmm. trying to blame each other for right. how Trump how was elected. Happened, like how, how did this happen? happen? And then at the end they realize it happened. Yeah. It happened and so, yeah. Yeah. we have to move forward. I think that also another cool aspect of of the episode is the way that um, Pops talks to Junior mm, about yeah. um, Martin Luther King Jr.'s yeah. I Have a Dream speech. I think that that was a really interesting aspect because it was something that I was that I was aware of, but I'm sure a lot of people weren't necessarily yeah. aware of because of the way that we focus on one portion of the speech mm-hmm. um, instead of the whole speech, which is something that I feel like in America we tend to do yeah. a lot, where we f- we pick out the parts we want, and mm-hmm. that's what's in right. the textbooks. Yeah. Right. But I thought that that conversation was interesting. Um, it was an interesting kind of beeline to the story that was mm-hmm. working um, in combination with the main plot of yeah. how did we let Donald Trump <laughs> How did we let this happen? <laughs> which goes back to... I hope you voted on November yeah. 6th. I really hope you did. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, this episode, for me, I don't know if you guys felt this, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but I was almost slightly bothered by Bo's character in the episode mm-hmm. because she was portrayed as almost almost like a little like trivial i guess yeah. which and she is a very smart educated mm-hmm. black woman she is a doctor, She's a doctor yeah. um, like she had completely fallen like fallen apart because of this right. election and, and mm-hmm. that's not characteristic of her right and this is happening the show is taking place 8 weeks after yeah. the election and you know they show her with her Trevor project rainbow scarf mm-hmm. and her um in her, like, sweatpants, then, you know, Dre makes the comment, like, oh, you got all this from an NPR episode, everything that you're wearing, and I think that it just, like, almost invalidated her the way that she was reacting, which Mm -hmm. bothered me in the episode, Um, but I think that her, the moment in the end um, that she has with Zoe, Zoe, that she has with Zoe at the end, when Sweet the Lemonade, um, I thought that that kind of altered the way that I viewed her in the episode when she mm-hmm. comes to this realization through um, the lens of her daughter. Yeah. I thought that that was really telling in the episode. Uh, which, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Zoe, in the episode, appears to not want to, I guess, take a stance, mm-hmm. almost, in um, in the same way that her the rest of her family appears to be doing mm-hmm. and the rest of the characters in the show appear to be doing. Um, and she makes a comment and says to her mom, you don't want me to have a voice, you want me to have your mm-hmm. voice. Yeah. Um, when her mom has been kind of hounding her to, you know, take a stance on something, stance, yeah. take a stance on anything, Zeus, yeah. Planned Parenthood, anything, take a stance. And she... She was said, taking a stance right. in her own yeah. way. And right. She says her stance was love, which I was... Yeah. yeah. I was she really... She says... I, fa- I really found beautiful. a quote right here that we didn't write down. Okay. Uh, she's talking about the lemonade, and she says, it's not liberal lemonade, it's not conservative lemonade, it's just lemonade mm-hmm. that I made with love. That's what my contribution is, love. Right. Yeah. Really nice there. Um, just again, that's towards the end of the episode, kind of showing, like, the understanding coming together. Mm-hmm. Unity right. aspect. Yeah. Here's of the it. hand that we've been dealt. Mm-hmm. Let's do something about it. Right. Let's make lemonade. Let's make lemonade. All right. So, I feel like we've kind of wrapped, wrapped pretty well, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. 
So we are going to take a quick break, regroup, and when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to do on second thought, and we're going to dive a little deeper, we're going to get real academic, and we're going to show you some of the receipts for the discussions that we've been having so far. Um, on second thought. Welcome back to On Second Thought. We have a guest that stopped by Black Box Studios. Maddie, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, it's me. I'm <laughs> Maddie O. I'm back um, in the box. In the box, hanging. <laughs> Helping us get a black perspective on black activism, which we desperately need. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get this bread. Let's get this bread. <laughs> <laughs> me, me trying to be trendy. <laughs> let, us, let us get this bread. This bread. Let's get cheap bread. Um, so, in real talk, we just talked about we talked about the Fresh Prince episode. Those were the days we talked about the Car the Carmichael show, uh, the episode protest, mm. and then we left off talking about lemons uh, from the show Blackish, and we just kind of gave an introduction of how we as white viewers, kind of how our views of black activism were changed, um, um, and kind of how each episode kind of points to different activists and how that in turn made us do more research yeah. and become more informed, yeah. if that yeah. makes sense. Um, For sure. Ugh, don't lie. I have so many topics like rolling around in my <laughs> head, um, but I guess since we like kind of left off with lemons, we can talk about some like problematic or whatever things that we saw in, in that so something that I think about when I think of lemons is the ending really like I thought was we kind of watered down the message of the whole episode um, and then I, I kind of understand what they were doing with, with Zoe's activism with like the love the lemonade right, the, right. the love lemonade yeah um, but I also felt like with uh, Bo's concern about acting and doing something. Mm -hmm. Like I, I still, I felt like Zoe's uh, activism was rooted in like that Baldwinian love or whatever yeah. that we mm -hmm. talk about all the time. Right. Like it's not liberal lemonade. It's not Republican conservative lemonade. It's just lemonade for everybody. But at the same time, like I feel like what I, I question what's the action. Like I mean, right. I love yeah. is important, but also. I don't know. I feel like there is a sort of complacency with the rhetoric right, too yeah. that kind of comes into that. I think speaking out against the rhetoric is an mm -hmm. act of love. Like right. against mm -hmm. speaking out against hate is an act of love. Yeah, absolutely. And so I didn't really understand, or I didn't even I didn't even necessarily agree with it just being lemonade mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's never just lemonade. It's, yeah. Right. There's yeah. always even, <laughs> even the fact that it's lemonade doesn't it go to the fact make lemonade out of lemons, lemons or whatever. But so I don't know something that bothered me about the episode was Bose, like the way that she was portrayed in the episode it almost trivialized her I guess reaction to it and played her as like silly almost yeah. which yeah. was I didn't like because she's such a powerful like woman and she's so badass and then she just like in turn they make her have this reaction that not only like that everybody makes fun of you yeah. know like Dre yeah. makes fun of and yeah. Yeah, I, I really see that because um, it's almost like she's taking as we we read the Audre Lorde sound, the transformation of sounds and language language in action, and basically like everybody's doing a lot of talking, which is important in the episode. But like she wants to take action. She's like, you want to go phone bank? Like, so mm -hmm. let's go phone bank and let's go do do something in the meantime. Right. You mm -hmm. know. And I thought that, that it was trivialized. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow her buttons on. She's yeah. a Crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> but. And then also at the end of the episode when Zoe was like, you don't want me to have a voice, you want me to have your voice. I I don't know. I didn't really know how to react to that, really, because in some ways, in the way that they portrayed Bo in the episode, I could see that. But then also, I think that Bo just desperately wanted Zoe to use her voice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But earlier when you said you think that the ending watered down the message, what did you mean? I Okay, I guess when... Okay, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but when Dro, when Dro, Dro, when Raymond Dro, when Andro, when Dre was like, oh, what did he say? If y'all hear me typing, it's because I'm looking it up. Let me see, let me see. He basically was like, was it like the, the I love this country part? No, that was really powerful. It was the yeah. part where he was like, 
I don't think that all the people that voted for Trump were stupid or hated black people oh, okay. or whatever, but I do mm-hmm. know that conversation. Uh, I'm trying, I, I need to remember the exact thing, but I just kind of felt like the ending there sort of like took away took from away it took it, it took away from his powerful comment about like I love America right and then he's mm-hmm. like well we all need to come together and like work right. together which we which we do that is important but mm-hmm. you can't like kind of backtrack on the very things that are the problems which is this kind of rhetoric that yeah or like because right. I think like like you you tell your truth in the voting box like mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't want to alienate anybody who may have like voted for Trump or alienate right. or any, alienate yeah. anyone who's listening who may have voted for Trump. Yeah. But I do feel like a vote for Trump is is not necessarily a vote for racism, but it's saying I'm okay with that. Right. I'm complacent in in that kind of ideology yeah. to right. get like yeah. better. I don't know. Some, like don't the, some of the economic some of the economic yeah. promises he made or whatever. Right. Like right. I'm willing, that's something I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to sacrifice the humanity of others for right. this thing. Right. So, I kind of thought that that watered down what the vote for Trump did. What did y'all think about the, like, big portion of the episode where they're just kind of trying to place blame on different groups of people? Mm-hmm. I... It was hard to listen to, for sure, in some ways. Like, yeah. Like, because I'm just, like... I don't know, just me as a person. Like, I like to take, like... I don't like to place blame on people at all. Like, right. I think that that's just, like, that... Um, in some ways, but... Like, that was, it was a lot. It wasn't wrong, but it was a lot, mm-hmm. for sure. It was, a hard, like, tough conversations that needed to happen in a way. Um, K.S.A. Lehman says something really interesting in his article, The Worst of White Books, and we'll pull it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, like, kind of touches on this very thing. He says, okay, uh, he says, white Americans, <laughs> sorry, he said white oh, Americans, no, white Americans were wholly responsible for the worst of white books, though they would do all they could to make sure it never wholly defined them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it kind of goes back to this idea of, like, how black books are, like, kind of responsible for all black books. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, white... Uh, even uh, Lucy in the episode says, white like white women are not sisters. We hate each other. Yeah. yeah. Like, or, <laughs> like, there, it's like everybody is an individual right. here. Yeah. And then... For, Which is something that we people, talked like. about in our episode last week on Black Criminality, where... If a black person does something like does something bad or negative, it becomes representative of all yeah. black people. But a white guy or white woman does something crazy, and it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't have the same effect on um, on white people as a whole. Yeah. Um, but I think that in talking about in talking about lemons in particular. The discussion that happens um, surrounding the I Have a Dream speech um, was interesting and informative for, I'm sure, a lot of people Mm -hmm. because we do discuss um, Martin Luther King Jr. in a lot of times in uh, correlation with that particular speech. And I think that a lot of people aren't aware of the fact that there there's more. more. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah. More. there's a lot more that he said than just the part that is told in history books. Oh yeah. It's it, it's like it's almost like or it is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it is like uh, Malcolm Doctor King is the right way and Malcolm X is the wrong way. Right. And yeah. so how Doctor King is painted as this non-violent, uh, non-threatening, even though it was highly threatening to mm-hmm. the social order at the time, mm-hmm. um, sort of activism, while Malcolm X presented this sort of violent type of thing. Right. Um, but yet the history books don't tell you that, um, that you know, the side of Dr. King that says silence is betrayal. Yeah. And they don't show you the side of Malcolm X that says, well, after he came back from Hajj, after he came back from his Hajj in Mecca, he said mm-hmm. that, you know, some things like, uh, you know, I got some things wrong. I saw in Mecca that there were folks that you would call white and folks that you would call black together, mm-hmm. worshiping together. Right. And he's saying, I'm not... He said something like, I'm not saying that we should all be Muslims, but I'm, I am saying that America could take a page out of this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we don't hear that ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's sort of this, this it's like the, the master narrative is wants these two to be in contention with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. In order to, pro- to promote itself. Right. When they're not in contention at all, they're all working towards the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I also think that the episode does a pretty cool thing when it, I guess, shows 
the way that Pops reacts, the way that Zoe reacts, and Junior and Dre and Bo, because there there is a generational mm-hmm. generational yeah. shift, which I found interesting in this episode in particular. But it also kind of mirrors um, the Fresh Prince episode, where you're getting a representation of activism from um, more in the the sixties, and then you're getting it in the in the 90s too and the generations between Marge um, and Viv and Uncle Phil and then Will and Carlton's age 17 or 18 in in the 90s one thing that I had a problem with in the Carmichael show episode was Mm -hmm. when I can't remember her name but the but uh her, the mom, she was like, she was like, I almost missed the the inequalities yeah. of the sixties because yeah. I just love protesting so much, and I just it makes me kind of think. I, I know she was she grew up in that time, but I, it, mm-hmm. this nostalgizing mm-hmm. I don't know the actual verb. I don't even know the <laughs> this nostal this nostalgizing or whatever of of that kind of protest kind of. It also trivializes it to me because mm-hmm. it's like it's not a fun thing right. yeah. to be oppressed. She almost made it sound like a party. Right. It's not a party. It, people were. I mean, she was there. She. It was a struggle. But then it's interesting how she then yeah. has Cynthia has. We talked about this in Real Talk mm-hmm. where she also has such a problem with the like modern protests mm-hmm. where with the DJs you know, she, like, there's and a the, DJ the like, there's a the truck or whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, which was interesting because she seems to like miss the. I guess camaraderie mm. almost, okay. but then she has a problem yeah. with a different type of protest that's happening at that point in time. So. Right. She yeah. So like the party aspects of this new kind of activism, she has a problem with, but she misses her own mm-hmm. her party aspect aspects as well because she. I mean, like she loves to sing, mm-hmm. and that that was a big part of the episode. Is when she starts singing, she's like, "But they don't do that anymore." But I think that it also the episode offers a really cool look into how protests changed yeah and how they can still be effective um no matter that change i guess and i i think it's like we can talk about like protests now Mm -hmm. like colin kaepernick is a huge Mm -hmm. i don't know why Mm -hmm. i mean i know why it's a controversy it shouldn't be a controversy but whatever it's it it kind of points to this whole contention that we were talking about earlier with the right way versus the wrong way to protest and in theory, if we're if we're gonna abide by this whole right way wrong way uh, system of thought, Kaepernick <laughs> protested in the right way. Like he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He worked inside he the system. Inside, yeah, yeah inside the system. Uh, nonviolent. Even though, like, to be clear, like nonviolence is only like a thing if there's violence involved. Yeah. Right. So it, it, that's the only way it can be nonviolent um, if it's in the face of violence. But we'll we'll call that we'll call what he did nonviolent protest. Right. Um, but also yeah, he's protesting a violent act. Yeah. A violent act. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so I mean, epistemic violence yeah. is real. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, what? Well, no, because he was protesting, like, the loss of black lives. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't in, in contrast to violence. But I don't know. I, I, I just, it troubles me that that sort of protest is coming under fire, too. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It begs the question, how would you like people to protest? Yeah. What can you even define a right way to protest? protest no because like because if if i'm not if if there's a right and a wrong way to protest like okay let me try to formulate this thought because it's kind of i'm struggling okay (laughs) um i don't know i just it's not a protest if you're doing it in the way that is that is palatable to the oppressor right that's not a thing that's the whole point of protest is to be provocative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to invoke it to evoke a sense of emotion whether it be that outrage or whatever that's the yeah. whole point, is you can't make the you oppressor happy while also protesting. Yeah, there's got to be an uncomfortable feeling there yeah. for the oppressor. And I'm in a social movements class, so, like, a lot of things that you're saying, like, are ringing true. And, like, there's not a right or wrong way to protest. There are types of protests. Like, mm-hmm. some work within the system and some work without without the system because they don't have the means to work in the system right so like i think that has a lot to do um with the way that protests are viewed because some of them work within it and some of them work completely around it and audrey lord said you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools yeah. so mm-hmm. why in the world would somebody protest in a, in a way that makes somebody yeah. comfortable right yeah. yeah when you think about the way that this president 
talks mm-hmm. surrounding a whole slew of issues. It's just yeah. so, I want to say unintelligent. It's yeah. just yeah. so uninformed that, like, he can say the wildest things and because I think he's, be, I want to say because he sits in the, the White House yeah. and he sits in the highest position in the nation or whatever, that people seem to listen, which then in turn, there's an epidemic of hate. Yeah, and also, this like like he thinks he's above the law, so he thinks he can say whatever he wants. And yeah. people will follow him because he's branding himself as this yeah. new, like, America nationalist that, like... And that brings, like, more uninformed people to the table. Yes. People who also stop listening and who don't form their opinions. And they Mm. just fly by the seat of their pants and don't say, Mm -hmm. like, things that have background to Mm. them. And, like, also, the... It's almost like they're... They are sort of transforming Trump's rhetoric and and stuff into Mm -hmm. language. And and, and then, like, that language into action which is seen in the form of, you know, police violence and then uh, the, like, the synagogue shooting mm-hmm. and yeah. the two yeah. men that, that were recently gunned down in Kroger mm-hmm. um, by a white supremacist who, like, I recently just found out by reading an article today was actually going to go for a black church but settled for Kroger. And I don't mean to make light of that, and I'm not in- intending to, but right. yeah. it, I, I just don't think that these things, I mean, that they, they, they happened before Trump, so it's not a Trump problem. Right. It's in a, it's, yeah. It's an R problem. It's an yeah. problem. He's just making it worse, is what yeah. I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Just to kind of re- regroup a little bit um, and head back into some, some sitcom discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about the Radio Free Hillman episode. I, there's a line. I don't remember who says it exactly, but there's a line that says, this whole country was shaped on civil disobedience. Without it, we mm. wouldn't have any rights. The colonel said that, I think. The colonel, yeah. Uh, Thomas <laughs> Jefferson has a quote, and I don't normally just be quoting Thomas Jefferson, but he says this, I think it was him, he said, uh, the tree of liberty must be watered from time to time, meaning mm. that the turn of, like, new government, it needs to be, like, sometimes yeah. revolution is necessary, and it needs, right. to, it needs to happen from time to time to right. prevent corruption and Whatever, what mm-hmm. have you. So, I think that kind of it mirrors what the colonel said. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that that played well into the to the episode because even though Dwayne recognizes at a certain point that the song was inappropriate, I think mm-hmm. that it just plays into the larger conversation of uh, progress is born out of protest and like starting these types yeah. of conversations yeah. and the fact that Dwayne feels like he his I like the fact that he knows that his voice is important yeah. enough to where he's going to start this sit-in or yeah yeah and I think that goes into another different world as episode where may the best man win when Byron Douglas says you cannot be heard unless you raise your voice mm-hmm. And I think that plays nicely into him using his voice to speak out. Right. He said, you cannot be hurt unless you raise your voice. Yeah, you cannot. Heard. Heard, oh, yeah. Oh, it was a hurt. I was like, yeah. No, hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot be heard. Because <laughs> I want to I wanna talk about another A Different World episode, Citizen Wayne, because that episode in particular does something that we discussed earlier where it brings in um, Jesse Shots. Yeah, Mm -hmm. activists that in turn as a white viewer made me do more research and become more informed which is something that I think the show does really well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that correct me if I'm wrong, but this episode, Dwayne is running for student student body president student council president or something like that. Which I think that, as we mentioned before, plays well into the climate that, or I guess, where we are right now, it being November 4th and midterms mm-hmm. election, mid 
midterm elections <laughs> will have happened by the time that this episode airs. Yeah. But how do you guys see this episode? There's a quote that says it always it's always started by some young person who yeah. thought that they could in fact make a difference, which is important for us right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I'm 21, no, I'm young, and saying that it's always started by some young person who thought they could make a difference mm-hmm. rings so true yeah. in where we are right now in yeah. 2018 and where we are right now in this class and in mm-hmm. um, in the conversations that we have, I guess, on a weekly ba- like mm-hmm. basis. Yeah. I really think that, you know, us, like, young folks with, I mean, not everybody has a diploma, but with the voting yeah. in our hand, yeah. um, are their worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even more so, like, just talking about, like, historically with, like, activism and stuff, just for, like, a fun little tidbit. I don't know if y'all know much about SNCC. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so that, so during the Civil Rights Movement, so you had Dr. King's movement with, like, uh, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and you had, um, I mean, so the, um, Nation of Islam is sort of working, you know, in the background there with their um, like very pro-black, uh, yeah. white nationalism mm-hmm. agenda. And then you had the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which was started by, uh, so y'all know, well, it was started by Ella Baker, but it was with um, some students from Fisk University, I believe, but they started at Shaw yeah. University with Ella Baker. But, and like, if I, if I get any of this wrong, I'm gonna like go back and like amend this, but it's from my memory. Um, so a woman named Diane Nash, she was a student at, um, Fisk, and she was a a college student like us who really spearheaded a lot of stuff and, um, led a lot of these things with SNCC, and also John Lewis, the representative in, I think, Atlanta, Mm -hmm. he was in the, he was in SNCC, and so you had, and then you had, like, Stokely Carmichael, who who ended up going and becoming a a Black Panther Mm -hmm. later, so you have people of all different, um, sort of all on all sides of the fence in terms of activism in SNCC. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, I think that's, like, the perfect, like, one of the most perfect examples of, like, like a synthesizing of black activism in one mm-hmm. sort of group, which right. is mm-hmm. SNCC has, has everybody in it. Right, yeah. Uh, like, I think, I want to look up this quote by Jim Bevel, who for a time was married to Diane Nash, but he, uh, I want to try to find the quote. He, he has, uh, y'all can talk, I'll find it, but it's really powerful about, like, activism I think that this episode really hits on the young people um, that it is their time to make a difference when it's happening on a college campus mm-hmm. at Hillman to it the diploma in one hand voting card in the other that specifically hits at younger people to get out there and vote um, that that is their right to do so mm-hmm. and that they have the ability to make a difference right and uh, back to that quote you were talking about, Olivia. Um, it always started. It's always started by some young person who thought they could, in fact, make a difference. Yeah. I'm assuming that quote comes after Dwayne's like ready to give up on his campaign. Yeah. I'm assuming like Jesse may have said it. I, I couldn't remember. Jesse who said says it. it yeah. Okay. In his speech, is in his speech. Um, okay. Um, I think it's interesting that um, Dwayne in the episode is the candidate who cares the most about the issues. Mm-hmm. And his, uh, uh, the other candidate is just, like, wants to put on a show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Doesn't, isn't it a, doesn't she want to, like, throw parties? Or yeah, she's, like, a rerunning president from the previous mm-hmm. year. Oh, okay, and, like, okay. she just wants to throw a nice homecoming bash or something yeah. like right. that. And so Dwayne's, like, really passionate about making a difference and, like, mm-hmm. caring about the mm-hmm. issues and stuff. But seeing that she's got garnered so much popularity from just, you know, Saying I want to, I want a party, you know that I'm going to be the party president. Right. She, he's he's ready to give up, but like we can't do that, yeah. like because we, we know what matters and we right. need to get out there and vote. Yeah. And a man cannot be hurt if he stops talking, is what Jesse Jackson yeah. says in reply to him, which is really a good encouraging thing to say. Um, the quote is not from Jim Bevel; it's from Jim Foreman or James Foreman. He says he's a, he was a member of Snake, and he said if if we can't sit at the table of democracy. Let's not knock the fucking legs off. Oh, yeah. So, like, new table. <laughs> new yeah. table, bitch, let's go. Yeah. That, that goes back to, like, the completely rerouting around the system. Like, mm-hmm. if the table isn't the way that it's supposed to be, all right, well, let's make a new table. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. It's good. My, okay, I have 
one more question that I want to get out in yeah. um, in talking about the Citizen Wayne episode. It bothered me that Dwayne is um, he's running on the platform of like the issues at mm-hmm. hand, mm-hmm. and um, his opponent is runs on this yeah. homecoming party platform, and. Um, does the fact that Dwayne loses, does that, could that be a comment on the way that young people think and the way that they Mm -hmm. almost handle the issues? Do you see what I mean? Yeah, like it's more Mm -hmm. of a reflection on the voter than it is the two people running, for sure. I think that, that definitely shows, yeah, that was definitely frustrating because, Dwayne was, like, so into it and, like, was all about wanting to, like, get a new scholarship fund and save student activities. And then you had this this girl who was just, like, dancing around and was like, mm-hmm. let's have a party. And um, Dwayne really cared about the issues that were at hand. You know, I'm not saying that, like, Hillary wasn't the perfect candidate because I don't think she was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like this whole Make, great, make America Great Again was kind of in the way that, like, yeah. the party is a distractor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Make America Great, Great Again is a distractor mm-hmm. from the real issues at hand. Mm-hmm. Because America, like, it's it's an experiment. It's always, it's in this continual process of becoming great. I don't think that it's ever been, like... Right. Yeah. Great in the truest sense. No. No. Um. And even when Dwayne was ready to give up, that's very reflective how young people just don't want to vote. Yeah. Because they know, like, they knew that there was no point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And also, going back to the Lemons Blackish episode, um, they talk about, when they're in the, the conference room, they're talking about um, you know, Lucy. They're talking to Lucy, mm-hmm. and they're like, why didn't you, like, why didn't women or white women go out and vote for Hillary the way that black people went out and voted for Barack. And I just think that putting those two together, they're such different candidates that just because she was a woman, she would, she if she if elected, she would be the first woman president. Um, and because uh, former President Barack Obama was the first African-American president, president, I think that in putting those two in conversation together was... Yeah, yeah I think that... I don't know if they said this in the episode. Oh, they said like, oh, they said, oh, would you would have voted? Would y'all would have turned out for Ben Carson? Yeah. And they're like, no, absolutely not. No, dude's it's weird. He's that dude. That dude is weird. And then she said, well, well, Hillary Clinton is the Ben Carson of white women. And I was like, okay, but I, I don't think that that's necessarily the case. But yeah. I do understand, like, it, it's. The whole point is not to represent any group of people yeah. as a monolith. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, I don't even think, like, okay, black folks even in voting for Obama were not monolithic. Like, everybody had their own individual reason for mm-hmm. doing so, right. I think. Right, um, Which was, like, a pro-black reason. Um, but it, I do think it is different. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think, like, at the same time, like, why would you vote for someone who's a pussy robber? Right. So, yeah. like, mm-hmm. or a self-proclaimed of yes. one of those. So which is I, even worse than same time so like <laughs> it just kind of begs the question like i don't know like why is that better yeah like well, I, don't, I don't know I, I had this moment like the semester after no i think it was actually this i don't remember when it was gosh um it was once i one semester it was when those critical conversations here at auburn like became like a really big thing right and so like for one of the other classes we had to um like have a critical conversation with people that were not like us and in within the class and we didn't know them and so during my critical conversation, I asked the white women, I was like, because I was with all only white women for my conversation, and I was like, I really want to know, like, if you, if you voted for Trump, why? I just want to know, as a, white yeah. woman, as a white woman, why? And, like, some people, like, were like, it wasn't even, like, it wasn't even a factor, like, the stuff against, like, marginalized peoples. It was just, like, they couldn't vote for Hillary at the day. So I don't know. I don't, it's, not, it's not even about black activism at this point, but it's a, little, <laughs> but, a weird thing. But a tangent to go on. Weird thing. And I think that even voting for Obama was an active, I mean, that's, voting is an active activism. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, there you go.
Here you go. Some more activism. Got it. <laughs> Shout out to our cousins down the block. So this week we are shouting out Stacey Abrams. She is the Georgia Democrat nominee for governor, and she'll um, be in the November 6th election. She is the founder of the New, Pro New Georgia Project, which submitted more than 200,000 registration for black voters. Badass. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, she's also the first woman to lead either party of the Georgia General Assembly, which is a huge accomplishment. And she was a House Minority Leader along with so many other accomplishments that she had. She's an amazing woman, um, an amazing activist, um, just an all-around, like you said, badass. She's, yeah. she's totally legit. She's awesome. And she's endorsed by Oprah Winfrey and Barack Obama. So yeah, she, might as well. even more so. <laughs> <Goals>. <laughs> I also wish I was endorsed by Oprah Winfrey and yeah. Barack Obama. That would be nice. At Barack Obama uh, and Oprah Winfrey, sponsor me. <laughs> <laughs> That is all I have to say about that. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Cue the static. Thank you so much for tuning in to Click this week. As always, you can find us on Facebook at Click, C-L-I-K, at Black Box Studios.